you cats and kittens. Welcome back to Respawn Aim Fire, episode 193. Three is the letter orange in my brain, and <laughs> is the color orange, not the letter orange. Three, the number three, if I think about the number three, it's the color orange. The word tiger also is orange in my brain. Therefore, 193 equals the Tiger King episode. Welcome to two, Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irrelevant. <laughs> I don't do drugs, I promise. The Kick-Ass Irreverent Gaming Podcast from <laughs> Affable Idiots. I am Chad Michael Innes. We have also here Holden Dolphin called to Bardo. <laughs> Please, just call me Dolphin. I'll call you Dolph Lundgren. Hey, and we've also got the dreamiest <laughs> fan base of all time joining us from all over the globo right now. Uh, if you are live on Twitch watching us at twitch.tv slash affableidiots, like Engaged Family Gaming is plug for their awesome content uh you can do that on sunday nights usually around 8 30 we are nine minutes early tonight i'm not sorry otherwise on tuesday mornings <laughs> at 9 a.m you can get us in your ears and eyes on youtube and podcast services as well did not plan to go into that accent but it, what happens happen um tenet what a wonderful movie uh, hey everyone, we have an episode for you today. It is going to be a fun one. It is full of intrigue, mystery, glory. Uh, we're going to be going through our honorable mentions, our game of the year for 2020. We're going to be going over our predictions for what's going to come this year in the gaming industry. And also, we're going to take a look at our most anticipated games for 2021. Also, Alto Balto Alto Age of Ultron Oliver Twist. I played Assassin's Creed Valhalla today. Did not expect to do that, but I have thoughts. Uh, we've got thoughts on Elden Ring and a new exclusive reveal from Edge Magazine on Hollow Knight Silk Song. But before we do all that, Holden, you beautiful popcorn. Let's get into Act One of our main quest. <laughs> I love that you called main main quest colon a main quest in three acts. Sometimes I wish people could see <laughs> our notes, but they can't. Uh, so let's Sometimes start today by talking Sometimes. about. Sometimes. I, d I did not listen to what you said because I was also talking. What did you say? It's okay. It's not important. I like to whisper too. Hold on. We're going to start <laughs> out our 2020 Game of the Year conversation for our main quest today. I know what you're thinking. It's 2021. How could you possibly have a Game of the Year discussion already? Nothing's come out this year. No. We're looking back <laughs> on last year, you silly geese. Uh, we. I'm going to... I'm going to make a call here real quick. And I'm going to say that we should announce our game of the year first. And then go talk about our honorable oh. mentions and other things. Because everyone knows what my game of the year is. I've been preaching it ever since it came out. I was preaching it. F Hades throughout the whole game awards. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a surprise. Um, yeah, it's Doom Eternal. We all know it's Doom Eternal. It is, it is Doom Eternal for... <laughs> a little man named Brent. I almost said boy, but he is almost a fully grown adult man. Um, so no, mine is The Last of Us, part two. If you know anything about me, you know that that game is amazing. It's a masterpiece. It's wonderful. Everyone should play it. If you don't like it, I don't like you. That's my game of the year. We've talked about it at length. We've had two spoiler casts about it. If you really want to hear my in-depth thoughts on how amazing it is. Not a surprise to anyone. Holden, I'm going to invite you to very quickly get your game of the year for 2020 out of the way as well. Bye, Steven. Just uh, one quick thing before that. This was the... Bye, Steven. By the way, they're doing their um, Engage Family Gaming to their game of the year uh, announcement this week as well, so be sure to check that out too. They good peeps. Um, this was the hardest 
game of the year consideration that I've had to make. I want to spend long on this, but like I, I really had to think about the past few years. I've always regretted, like a month later, I've always regretted what I chose as my game of the year. Mm. So it's kind of focused on what what was my favorite game? What's the game that resonated the most for me versus what was like the best game of the year? So like 2017, I said Mario Odyssey was the best game of the year and then Zelda's number two. Zelda Breath of the Wild is my favorite game ever. That should have been my game of the year and I like <laughs> fucked up when I made that decision. So like I really had to... Hollow Knight as well? No, I don't regret Hollow Knight. Well, you kind of um, do because you liked Sekiro better, right? Or was that a different year? Was that last year? No, that last year was Sekiro. Year before, I think, was Hollow Knight. But you right? hadn't beat Sekiro at that point, right? So you didn't feel yeah, comfortable that's giving what it a game mean, of the like, I kind of regretted that. But that was a different situation because, like, I um, yeah, I just hadn't beaten Sekiro. That's a different kind of situation. But I've always that is kind of an example. I've always had like, a little bit of re regret. And so what game resonated the most for me this year? Animal Crossing New Horizons. I have spent more time in that Whoa. game than any game I in one year's time frame, I think, ever. Um, so it's, it's Animal Crossing New Horizons. I really battled that out against what my number two was because it was a tough call. Oh. I'm like, no, Animal Crossing resonated the most for me. Wow. So that's what I'm picking. That's incredible. Yeah. I, I, I understand that for you. So we both kind of have an agreed definition of game of the year. It is what is, what is our favorite game this year? What resonated with mm -hmm. us the most? Not necessarily what is the most technically masterful game whatever you whatever you might want to define it as yeah in my case it's both yeah if so. that was the case i think last of us part two yeah would have been my game of the year if it were those were the qualifiers yeah. although all i can the say facial animations in animal crossing are just so on point it was true, really though. tough to decide it's between <laughs> the animal the animal crossing facial expressions and last of us part two anyway anyway um those are our game of the years great wonderful i would love to move this discussion now to talk about honorable mentions because Two and three on our lists might surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I have four honorable mentions. How many do you have? I have four honorable mentions as well. Oh, very good. Let's take turns. I would like to give my number seven slot, which is my last place <laughs> honorable mention. <laughs> I've ranked these, by the way. Sorry. If you are following me on GG, this is a spoiled conversation for you. By the way, the GG app, amazing. I have lists on lists on lists. Go organize your game collection. Mark what you want to play. Just download the GG app um, and add me on it. Chad Mike Innes. Also, add Holden. Uh, but he's call right or something like that. So you're going you to look at or go to his, his Twitter and uh, one account across everything, Holden. Number seven on my honorable <laughs> mention list. Number seven on my game of the year list, which is an honorable mention, is Call of Duty Warzone. I almost hmm. didn't even put this anywhere because I feel like it's been out for two years at this point. But it's only been yeah, a year. Yeah, I honestly totally. In fact, it's, it's since March. It came out yeah. in March. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that for this year. Yeah, like I I love that game. I think that's a game, but I did. It just I feel like I just got into Call of Duty when that game came out. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just playing Call of Duty now. I wasn't like thinking about it in terms of like Warzone, but you're right. Yeah, that came out this year. Yeah, it came out this it's year. A very good game. It was. I had started to dip my toe into the online competitive multiplayer scene with like we did Titanfall a little bit. Uh, was that last year? Or the year before? Jesus, time is hard. Um, I think it was last year. We did Titanfall 2, uh, Destiny 2, obviously playing a little bit of that. But Call of Duty Warzone, I'd never seen myself playing Call of Duty at all, ever in my life. It was not my scene. No, I think we used to mock it pretty heavily in the yeah. podcast, in fact. Yeah, still will, just for posterity's sake. 
Um, but <laughs> Warzone came out, and had it not been for Dallas, a lot of this was actually you know me riding on Dallas's coattails for a long time because that was fun to be on a winning team and also be a loser. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what a wonderful game with excellent support, constant changing out of modes to keep it fresh. Feels really great to play. Um, got me into a, a genre I never thought I saw myself doing. Battle Royale. I never thought I would do a Battle Royale game, but turns out I prefer this to Tetris. Times are a-changing. What's your, what's your um, number four honorable mention? I don't have these in any particular order. Um, they're just honorable mentions. Um, I'll just get one of the big ones out of the way, and that is Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. I really, really like this not game. Not even in your top three, but, Holden. Yeah, but here's the things: I cannot, in good conscience, put this game in the my top three favorite games of the year when it it has so many problems. Yeah, but it's so good. It's really, really good. Um, but this is kind of like a almost like a secure like situation like maybe next year when I might kind of reconsider my position a little bit when they patch things up things look better um, but I just I can't do it right now it's just it has too many technical problems alright there's one hour where Cyberpunk crashed four times in one hour and like I just don't think a game that crashed that frequently that was an outlier of an hour to be fair but like still I just can't put it in my top three, but the the story content, I love the RPG mechanics of it. I absolutely adore just the city itself and exploring the city and the different characters that live in the city, the outskirts, all that stuff. I just think it's really unique, and I really, really loved my time with it, but it was marred by those technical problems. So, like, I can't, it's a really, really good game. It can't hit that peak yet, though. It has not peaked yet. With a QU, has not my peaked. interest. It piqued my interest, but it did not peak in terms of its possible quality potential. Its sexual so. climax is still in its future. <laughs> uh, I think, just side note, anecdote about that. Of the, I only follow a limited, I follow like 120 people on Twitter, maybe, I think. Um, and three people I follow on Twitter have posted screenshots of it crashing during the credits. Like, they beat the game, the credits start, and then it crashes the game. <laughs> um, well, it's a shame. There's actually some good stuff in the credits. Spoiler alert, but check it out. What a great way to say, thanks for playing our game. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> my number six game. So my third honorable mention. I don't know. Stop trying to keep up. It doesn't make sense. Number six. Demon <laughs> Souls, Holden. Demon Souls. Looking at this, I was actually kind of surprised that it was this low on my list of amazing games this year. And it was. It was fantastic. It was incredible. We, we Again, we have a barf spoiler cast about it uh, with Trevor Bettis from all of his podcasts across the globe. Um, it was wonderful. It was a great remake. It was my third time playing the game. It was the best showcase for, I think, the PlayStation 5. Uh, really, really solid piece of work. But there were a lot of things out yeah. there that I enjoyed a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Hold on, what's your number six? Yeah, it's also just a... Or, um, or if you have commentary my number about six. Souls, that's fine too. Yeah, no, I just want to say, because actually, I, I'll spoiler alert, I actually don't have that in my honorable mentions. Um, <laughs> um, I... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really really fantastic game. It's you said it's a great showpiece for the, the you know the PS5. I'm also glad that there is a great entry point game for the Souls series. Where I think pretty definitively you can point to this and say if you've never played a Souls game before, this is the one that you should start off with to kind of get a feel for what a Souls game is. 
don't go to Dark Souls 3 first because that's very no, hard. No, no, don't no, go no, to no, Blade no. Blood Like, Start with this. It's going to give you a good taste of like what Souls is, and then you still have challenges ahead of you. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah. But Whereas if you me, don't opposite, want to spend was, $70, which I think is worth $70, and you just want to try the series, like Bloodborne's free. Yeah. Bloodborne's free for PlayStation 5 yeah. users, so that's cool. But I agree with you. Yeah, it's, it, if you have the opportunity, it's the greatest starting point for this for the whole series. No, I think you're you're making a good point. If if you don't want to spend money, Bloodborne, based on what you just said, is your best entry point into Souls. It was my first Souls game. It I think resonates a lot for me because of that. But if like you're just like, hey, I want to have the best possible entry into Souls, I think that's Demon Souls. So yeah, I think it's a good call out for you. <clears throat> um, so tell me about yours. I already started. What's yours? Okay. Again, this is in no particular order, so don't. This is not like an order ranking. Um, Astrobot. I can't put Astrobot in terms of like a yeah. game of the year because it's kind of too short. It's yeah. not like a meaty concept, but it's something I'm going to look back at 2020, especially the launch of PS5, and think, oh yeah, Astrobot. That was an experience that everyone who buys a PS5, despite it being a bundled-in game, that's irrelevant, just, um, <laughs> should, should experience. It was the best showcase of the DualSense controller, and it really, when I was playing it, gave me that sense of, oh, this is what a next-gen game is actually capable of. And it's memorable because of that. Because it's memorable, that's perfect for honorable mentions. It was my first PS5 Platinum. I'll always remember it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's interesting. I did not even, spoilers for the rest of my list, I did not even think, I thought about Astrobot. Or not Astrobot, Astro's Playroom. I'm wondering if, is his name Astrobot? Or is his name, his name is Astro? Astro. Yeah. Is the VR game Astro Astrobot's Bot. rescue mission, or is it Astro's bot rescue mission? Well, now we have is to he find rescuing out. Bots? Is Astro rescuing rescuing bots? Is it hyphenated? Is that his legal He's last rescuing name? bots so that they can buy PS5s when PS5 <laughs> launches. That's what it's about. Um, Astro Bot Rescue Mission. Let's see what the official name of that game is. And. Here's the thing. The name of it is just in all caps Astrobot. No spaces. No possessive. Well, there's a space, but like in all caps Astrobot. And then regular just rescue mission. No apostrophe s. Huh. Just Astrobot. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's like if I were to say like Holden human. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so I thought about it. I was like, Where, does this fall on my list? But I was like, I think it was it was more of an experience for me, and I would love to see a full game made out of it that I didn't feel like mm-hmm. I could place it among all these other wonderful games. Yeah, that's kind of why it wasn't in my you know top three games of the year, because I'm like, it's, it's not a full game. It's yeah. just not. But it was a really good experience, so. Number five, or my second honorable mention, is Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Holden. Better than Demon Souls, Ooh. I think, this year. This game was... Uh, I played it on Xbox as soon as it launched. It was available on Game Pass. Thank you, Game Pass. And it is a beautiful, gorgeous game. Wonderful HDR. Uh, excellent platforming. It is it is top tier like with Castlevania, with Guacamelee, with Metroid is like the best in puzzle platforming and that kind of stuff. It was When I played it, however, it was riddled with bugs. Um, but I powered through because it was just that good. It has now been fixed, and it's a wonderful experience. But yeah, anyone who has any passing interest in puzzle platformers, it's fantastic. You should play it, Holden. You should play it, Holden. You should play <laughs> I it. I need to play Blind Forest first. No, you but don't. I will you really don't have eventually. to. Eventually. You really don't have to. 
I don't have to? No, I didn't. I kind of feel like I should I just to see the gameplay you know, evolve over the two games. Um, so I have two more honorable mentions left. Okay. This next one's a game I absolutely love, and if I had finished it, it would probably be in my top three Whoa. games of the year. But I didn't finish it, so I can't put it up there. And that's Sackboy. That game is oh. so good. <clears throat> yeah. And we, uh, I played it single player a lot um, and just tried to find every little secret, and that was really enjoyable. And that's the sign of a really good 3D platformer for me is how much do I want to explore this level and find everything within it? And then how cleverly are things hidden? And I found that they did a really good job with that. But then you get into the online aspect to it. We played with Jeff and Darby from Nerds at Large. That was a total blast. Yep. That game is outrageously fun. With multiplayer. I mean, we were laughing and giggling the entire time. <laughs> yeah. That was just, that was a really fantastic multiplayer experience. Hey guys, hey and guys, there's a, a secret at the beginning that... of the level. Everyone go backwards and run off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I to be fair, I legitimately. I'm holding. <laughs> <laughs> I legitimately thought that there was a secret in that spot. And in some levels there are, to be fair. Some levels there are. Um, but that one, yeah. To be fair, though, only you fell off. Jeff and Darby figured it out. Yeah, I got you back later they during figured the time out, trial, so. though. <laughs> just threw you off the cliff <laughs> right did. at the beginning of it. <laughs> just threw me. That was on purpose. Mine wasn't on purpose. Yeah, 100% But that's was. what I mean, though. Like, that, that kind of dynamic in the multiplayer was so much fun. Yeah. It was just pure fun. And I really want to see more games like Sackboy in the future. I want to see Sony or even Microsoft you know, delve into 3D platformers in a, in a very serious way. Mario can't be the only 3D platformer. It just can't. Oh, no. Didn't didn't uh, Microsoft release that, like, squirrel one alongside the Oh, Xbox Super Lucky's Tale? Super Lucky's Tale, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said serious 3D platformer yeah, yeah, effort. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed Sackboy a ton for the first world that we played. I can't wait. We're going to play it again tomorrow night with them, too. It's going to be titties. Yep. Um, shout out to the Uptown Funk level. Timed with the music. Yeah. Then, oh, my God. That game is so freaking good. The, all the music in that game is it's wonderful. It's timed really well to the music, too. Like, everything in the levels moving to the beat of the music are, like, transitions to, like, different parts of the song work really well. What a great level. Yeah. Just really solid. And that's not the only musical level that I have found. So there are other ones kind of like that, too. So it's definitely something to look forward to. It's it's a really good game. Shame it didn't do better. I think if it had multiplayer at launch, it would have done better, like, sales-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, number four on my list, which is my top honorable mention slot, goes to Destiny 2 Beyond Light, Holden. Destiny 2 got I'm surprised this is only an honorable mention. I know, right? I mean, it is a game that I, I'm scared to check because I think, honestly, I put over, I don't know, maybe 120-ish, maybe 150 hours in the last two months into that game, which is a game that I already yeah, I put, total have only put like just over 300 in four years. Uh, it is, yeah, since this, since Beyond Light came out, it completely redid the game. Uh, it added a new element for the first time in Destiny history in whatever, the seven, eight years that it's been out. Um, brand new upgrade paths for it, let you customize it. Lots of story stuff. There's a baseball mode and soccer sports mode now. It's De great. Deportes. Deportes, deportes. That's Spanish for sports, <laughs> sports, sports. Uh, yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, I'm really enjo enjoying it. We are getting into the end game stuff too. Like it's it's basically a Dallas and I at least play it every single night basically together. And then every once in a while, Matt will join us as well. 
And then I just played with Trevor and Kyle St. James and some guy named Tom who I didn't even know who he was, but I'm, I don't, I don't know. He's great. I assume. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we are getting into the end game of this stuff in a way that we've never done before. And it is challenging and wonderful. And I love it. I love it so much. That's it. What's your, what's your top honorable mention or, or other non-specific spot? No, this definitely mention? isn't like the top honorable mention. This just kind of happened to be the last one that I'm saying. So this is not like above Astrobot, Cyberpunk 27 or Sackboy, or maybe it's above some of them. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Um, but this one is, it's among us. And I know it didn't Ooh. come out this year, but it just kind of like Sackboy, like every time I've played it with a group of 10 people, like over Discord chat so we can all talk to each other, just some of the most outrageously fun multiplayer experiences of the year. There's just so much great you know, stuff that I, I had playing with it. I got it on Switch as well Ooh, um, recently. Ooh, you paid the $5. It's on Switch now. You're fucking rich as hell. I paid the $5. <laughs> um, I got it. Actually, I didn't pay anything for it because I happened to have enough of the like the gold coins or whatever oh, they are and, okay. on the eShop, so okay. it just covered it completely. I thought there was like a $2 max or something like that, but I guess not. Um, and yeah, so I, I got that, and it's just super fun. It's just super fun. It's not like a game of the year like game, but it's just something I look back at 2020. I'm going to be like, yeah, Among Us was a great game that I played in 2020. Half a billion people unique. playing it, man. That's insane. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Getting in to the podium placers. We already know what number one is, but two and three. Holding my number three, my bronze medal for game of the year 2020, Mr. Potter. Spider-Man Miles Morales. It was what a treat. It was a, a condensed, wonderful, packed experience. It is the ray tracing on it and the, the visuals were so good. Um, again, we have a spoiler cast for all of my thoughts on this uh, with a bunch of wonderful people as well. But I think it took what was already an amazing game, no pun intended, from 2018 and expanded the characters, made it more personal, made it about all of these wonderful people with a bunch of diversity, and it was it was amazing. So I had a really great time with it. Again, platinum that bitch. Um, I look forward to whatever the next Spider-Man game is, which hopefully is a super team-up version with both Spider-Men, and they're going to call it Spider-People. <laughs> what's your uh, what's your number three, Holden? Uh, my number three? I do not have a number three. I only have two games of the year. What? Yeah, so I just... Call of Duty Warzone. I kept thinking about like all these... <laughs> I was just thinking about like... In the past like few weeks, I'm like, oh, you know, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and then the game I'm going to mention for my second game, which at this point should be pretty obvious <laughs> what the game is going to be. Um, and I'm like, you know, if I can't think of a game that needs to be in that spot, and I don't have games contending for that spot, I don't have a number three. Right. There are only two games this year that I thought met that threshold of game of the year caliber. Okay. Had Cyberpunk been fixed up, it could have been Cyberpunk. Had I finished Sackboy, it could have been Sackboy, but I... I don't do that. <laughs> I, don't I don't do, do that. that. <laughs> so there's no number three for me. I have a one and two and four honorable mentions. All right. So Chad, what is your number My two? My number two, can you guess what it is? If number one is The Last of Us Part Two, uh, number three, Spider-Man Miles Okay, Morales. it's Final Fantasy VII it Remake. It is Final Fantasy VII Remake, yes. Uh, it came out in April, the beginning of April, I think April 7th or something like that. 
in a yeah. time when everyone was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on in the world. COVID's a thing. We're all <laughs> going to be stuck in our homes for at least another week. Um, and so this game came out and I spent every single non-working minute of my life for a week and a half playing this game. It was like 70 hours in a week and a half. It was, it was wonderful. Um, they took the first chunk, the first small chunk of a classic game, and they completely made it its own thing. They added so many wonderful storylines, made you care about characters, changed just enough to make it interesting, and and then the the final fucking act is one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of in video games, and I am so pumped for wherever that's going to go after that. Like, I am, I am legitimately, I have no idea where this is going to go. Having played the original game and knowing the plot of the original game and, and the story beats... I have no idea how this is going to end up, and that's so exciting to me. Uh, I, I even loved it so much that I went back and I played it on the hardest difficulty and got all the trophies, and it was a pain in the ass, and it even almost broke me at one point. And I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm not going to get the platinum trophy. And then Nanobiologist saved me. He gave me a little tip, and I was like, <gasps> it worked. It was wonderful. I had a fantastic experience. <laughs> I can't wait. Holden, what's your numero dos? You know what number two is. Is it? The Last of Us Part 2? It is Last of Us Part 2. This game, for a long time, I feel like I've talked about how video games have this capacity in storytelling for empathy that no other medium really has. And The Last of Us just lives up to that. It makes you not want to progress. But that's still like a good thing about the game, which is really (laughs) backwards. (laughs) But like it just it's very emotionally trying throughout the whole experience. And I've never been in a boss battle and thought, my God, I hope I lose. But I also don't (laughs) want to lose because I don't want like and I'm not if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. I won't spoil as to why. But like it's just really impressive. I think what they were able to do. And I actually think that all the controversy around this game is a testament to that because it was a huge risk what they did with this game. And it was controversial. And I really do feel like at parts of this game, you're supposed to hate it because it's making you do things you don't want to do. And that's just, first of all, it's rare in in video games, let alone in a gigantic AAA experience like this. Yeah. It's just things like this are gems. It's an absolute gem of an experience. I have not gone back and played it since the initial. I've gone back and played the Hillcrest level again, which is like the car sequence, because that sequence is just so intense. And I like replaying that level. I actually have a save like save right there just so I can go back those and play. Dogs it. right in the head. <laughs> That's not at all what happens in that sequence. I would they don't like shooting puppies. Um and it's just that that game is a game that is evidence that games is art. And I felt so much through playing that game it's just an absolute masterpiece amen again we have two spoiler casts talking about that game so <laughs> yeah go listen to them they're wonderful <laughs> holden that is it for 2020 people listening alongside the world's finest other people uh go on twitter.com slash responding fire <laughs> i would love to know what your game of the year was and if what you wanted was missing from one of our lists, were you pissed off that none of us talked about Fall Guys? I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fall Guys. I don't know. I don't know. What was your game of the year? Next, we're going to be moving into the second part, Act 2 of our main quest. Well, small intermission here. Water break. Water <coughs> break. <coughs> 
I was gonna do a really obnoxious like like slurping sound, but you can't really do that out of a plastic bottle. You can only really do that out of a cup. <laughs> Let me try that again with the cup. <laughs> I can't do it or else I'm gonna laugh in it. It's gonna go. Just imagine. Hey, welcome back to Act Two, <clears throat> everyone. <clears throat> We're gonna talk about. <coughs> <coughs> We're going to talk about our 2021 predictions. Uh, you can catch our recap of last year's 2020 predictions on last week's episode. We found out Holden won. Maybe. We'll see if one of mine came true later this year, and I have to retroactively go back and, I don't know, object against his election. But uh, this year, we've got five <laughs> predictions each. <clears throat> He's going to dismantle the Electoral College. He's just going to get rid of the whole system. <laughs> I'm going to call Georgia and be like, listen, I will blackmail the shit out of you if you don't call this for me. Um, uh, we're going to talk about our, our predictions for 2021. We both have five ready to go. We'll go again mm -hmm. one by one to like preserve some tension here. Uh, and then we'll revisit this at the end of the year to see who won. And again, the stakes for this are... Whoever wins the predictions gets to choose first for BARF uh, for January and February, which is our backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends game, where the community plays along with us, and then we talk about it at the end of the month, something we wish we'd played or should have played or is just a retro classic game we like, which, by the way, for this month is Holden. Let's go ahead and, let's go we'll ahead and figure, talk about the figure that the out episode. later then. We'll figure that out later. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, uh, 2021 predictions. Hold on, I'm gonna let you start this one first. So, what is your first prediction for 2021? Okay, so every year I've kind of done like a here are some games that have been announced but don't have official release dates, and I list those off. I have that one later on, but for the first one, actually, we're in the next generation now. There are a lot of unannounced games that could be announced this year, and I have two that I'm like very confident are gonna get announced this year. It's about time. It's a new generation. Anything can happen. Number one, we're going to see GTA 6 this year. Oh, are you sure? Because GTA 5 is coming Q3 or Q4 this year. It's coming Q3, Q4. It's coming early this year, yes. But I'm not saying that it's going to release this year. Just that we'll see a trailer for it. If you kind of think, there's been a lot of rumors saying it's going to come out around like 2023 or so. They tend to announce their games two years before they come out. It happened with GTA 5, it happened with Redemption 2, and I'm like, this is the time. It's a next-gen game. They can show it off now. Rockstar also doesn't adhere to, like, an E3 schedule. They just announce these games when they want to announce it. So it doesn't even have to be an event. <clears throat> it will just be announced at some point this year. Oh, GTA 6 okay. is going to be announced this year. The other unannounced game, this is a two-parter, <clears throat> is a narrative-driven sci-fi shooter from Ghost Story Games. The guys who made Bioshock Infinite and then started their own development team, and they haven't done anything since Bioshock Infinite. Okay, okay. And you said it's a narrative-driven sci-fi game? Is that what you said? Narrative-driven sci-fi shooter. Sci-fi shooter, okay. Yes, and in the vein of like a Bioshock or a System Shock. So it'll have the same kind of structure as those kind of games. It'll be narrative-focused, but it's still a shooter. I just remember, be this sorry, year I just remembered that Bioshock 4 is happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got excited. So I think we're going to see, that game will be announced, whatever their game is, it'll be announced this year, and I think it's going to be a narrative-driven sci-fi shooter. Dope. Dope. I, That's my first prediction, two-parter. I have somewhat simpler predictions this year, 
because I realized as I was making these predictions, I was like, you know, last I, I tend to do like this is going to happen, and also this is part A of it, part B, part C, and it was like because I want all those like partial points, but it was like, what if I just put something right in the first one and I can get a whole point, and then I don't have three other <laughs> options for me to lose pieces of a point. So I'm betting you gain big. points though as well. Well, you're a point. I'm betting big on five <laughs> relatively simple ones. The first one is, and this is a, a rehash from last year, we will see a new Nintendo Switch variant that will be announced after March 31st. End of story. It won't necessarily release this year, but it will be announced after March 31st. All right. What's your number two? New Nintendo Switch variant that will be announced after March 31st. My number two, so here are four games that have been announced, don't have release windows, and I'm thinking you're going to be coming out this year. This is an announcement. This is coming out this year. You missed all four of these Um, last year. (laughs) I missed all four of these last year. Some are returning. (laughs) Um, One, Elden Ring. Um, They said in a tweet recently, we'll see you 2021. That could be announcements, but I'm thinking it's going to be coming and releasing this year. It's time. It's time from software. Don't tease me with nothing any longer. I want that <laughs> game. It's coming this year. I'm maintaining, in this year, Breath of the Wild sequel will come out. It's going to retain the Of the Wild nomenclature. Hollow Knight Silk Song is going to be coming out this year. I'm very confident in that. They just did their big Edge um, uh, edge feature story. I feel like they wouldn't have done that if it was coming out in like a year or two. So I feel like that's happening this year. And then I also think Starfield's going to happen this year. Starfield, okay, interesting. Starfield, it's like kind of my like throwing it out, like it's kind of more of a wild card, but I think it's going to happen this year. It's been a while since they released a game um, under the kind of Bethesda um, GameWorks or whatever it's called, like their actual like game development division. Right. Uh, the last one was Fallout Bethesda 76. Game Studios. It's Bethesda Software, the publisher. Yeah. Bethesda Game Work Game Studios. Yeah. Why'd they fucking do that? Um, and Starfield, they announced it two years ago. Well, like. As of 2021, two years ago, they asked it in 2019. Yeah. Um, and it's probably a next-gen game. And again, with the same kind of logic as GTA 6, like, they can't show off a next-gen game before next-gen consoles are out. Yeah. Well, they're out now, so they, it's time. So I think that's, that's going to happen this year. And you're saying Not it's releasing this year. Con- Not just seeing releasing it. Releasing this year. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying which console is going to be on just because I think it's so up in the air, like not even the executive teams like know what's happening there. So I'm not making a prediction on that, but it will come out whether it's on PlayStation or Xbox or only Xbox. doesn't matter. It's coming out this year. Dope. Cool. So recap, Elden Ring, Breath of the Wild, Hollow Knight, Silk Song, Starfield, those four games coming out this year. All right. My number two, E3 will be back this year as a digital experience. <laughs> With most major players involved again, including Sony and Microsoft. That's it. That's my, that's the tweet. So they've they've said they're coming back to digital experience, but you're kind of adding in there. Everyone's returning, even Sony. Right. Exactly. Most major players, including Sony and Microsoft. Yep. Cool. Just writing all these down so we have them all. Okay, so my number three. Um, from here on out, all of my predictions are Nintendo-related. Ooh, okay. Every single one. 
Okay, so I actually a very similar one to you right here. Nintendo Switch will see new hardware this year, but it won't be a pro model. It will be more akin to a, quote, new Nintendo Switch that replaces the current version as opposed to being a pro version that's like a more expensive. Okay. It'll just replace the current Switch, um, but it will be a better version. Do you Very have like, like bullet point breakouts of that? Or... That is the whole prediction right there. Okay, I just curious, out of curiosity, what do you think is going to be part of the new? This doesn't have to be part of your prediction, but what do you think is going to be part of the new yeah. of it? Well, yeah, and this is why like I'm I'm saying new, not pro. Yeah. It's just going to be nicer screen, longer battery life, okay. that kind of stuff. I don't think it's going to be anything huge. I'm not really expecting this to be in a whole new you know way of interacting with your games. It's just going to be a better Switch. Okay. And that's why it's going to be called new, not pro, because it will replace, not be like added on like like the switch light was added on i also just don't think that pro makes sense from nintendo like can you imagine how mocked it would be that like oh the nintendo switch pro is so much more <laughs> powerful than ps5 oh wait no it's not like it just doesn't work as like a name for what nintendo tends to sell so i just don't yeah. think it's going to be called a pro what about deluxe deluxe is possible yeah. that's that's a good yeah that's that's possible yeah my number three, <clears throat> Marvel's Avengers is going to go free to play. And mm, that's uh, a good one. There, ha there has to be some caveats to this, obviously, because they said from the beginning, this is a paid game. All DLC will be free. Or all characters going forward will be free. So it's going to go free to play. But the unlockable characters, so when new people that are added to the game, are going to be microtransactions. Um, that could be real money or in-game currency. And then anyone who's already bought the game will continue to get those people for free as they come out. That's going to be their consolation. Be like, oh, thanks for, we're going free to play, but as a thank you, you're going to still get all these people for free where other people have to pay for them. This isn't a part of your prediction, but just to kind of ask, is this replacing the paid version of it? So like, if you bought it in the past, you get all of those new characters but from here on out, it's free to play. Right. You can't buy it for sixty bucks. Okay. Think, think like Rocket League. When Rocket League went free to play, as they're like, "Hey, everyone who had previously bought the game, here's a bunch of new, here's a bunch of loot and shit." Um, so they're still upholding their promise to people who paid for it and expect these people for free. But then, if you want new things going forward, and you're one of the free to pay, free to play people, you've got to pay for the characters. That's a solid prediction. That's a really solid prediction. They got, they got to do something. Yeah, they're definitely they're not, floundering. If they're not and they have to do something. Yet, and they sold a ton, and they were September's best-selling game, and they're still not profitable. Like, they've got to do something to switch it up. Especially if they yeah. they have a long list of people that they want to release for this game, and if they're not making money off of any of them, they <clears> yeah, change something. it also just makes more sense as a long-term model for them. I don't, I don't, I never understood the whole like pay sixty bucks and then we'll just give you free content from here on out. Like I don't know how No Man's Sky does it. How does Hello Games do it? With if you buy the game, you get everything. It's just I don't know how they do it. Probably funded by Russia. <clears throat> <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> Moscow No Man's Sky. Uh, that's why we call it No Mansky. That's why we call it No Mansky. <laughs> yes. Uh, Nintendo, my number four prediction is Nintendo Switch Online will expand its legacy catalogs, like NES, SNES games. It will expand the catalog to Game Boy games. Okay. It's not going to do N64 or GameCube. It's going to go right to Game Boy. It's going to then be and another then three years before it gets Game Boy Color. <laughs> <laughs> because of Zelda's anniversary, well, I'm including Game Boy Color in that. Because even like Nintendo, when they lump the numbers of like sales, they lump Game Boy and Game Boy Color together as like one 
type of console, even though it's not really. Um, because of Zelda's anniversary, this will include Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons Ooh. as Game Boy games that are available on that service. Tease for my next prediction. Oh, tease. <laughs> T-shirts galore. My number four, it's a long one, but it's still one kind of big thing. Amazon will include Luna as part of your Amazon Prime membership. And Xbox will answer that by partnering with another major video streaming service as part of Game Pass Ultimate. So the, the, the crux of it is Luna is with Amazon Prime. And then Xbox needs a video thing to fight that. So they're going to add some. So wait, they're going to they're going to lump with another service. What service? Yeah, I'm they, sorry. it might be Netflix, could be Hulu, could be Disney Plus, could be Shutter, whatever it is. Oh, I see. Okay, so kind of like when you buy Disney Plus, there's like a version where you get Hulu and and ESPN along with it too. Like you right. might subscribe to like Netflix, and then Game Pass is right. a part of that. Or or how like Game Pass. You not only do you get Game Pass, but now you get EA Play, but now you might also get Disney Plus with it or something like that. So, yeah. Now, is it? And this isn't pretty. I'm just kind of curious because I think this is an interesting idea. Is this like a gaming service to some specifically? Like, could it be like Ubisoft Plus? Or are you thinking like something that's not necessarily gaming related, like a Disney Plus? Because Amazon will have okay. Amazon Prime Video and now game streaming in the same subscription. Microsoft gotcha. wants yeah. to to kind of fight that itself. Perfect. Okay, cool. I'm just wanting to get this prediction down. Boom. So I have Amazon will include Luna with Prime. Microsoft will bundle Game Pass with a video streaming service to respond. Much simpler than what I said. Boom. We got it. All right. Final prediction here. It is Zelda's anniversary next year. What are they going to do? Now, oh. I already said Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons is going to be um, in the kind of Game Boy like, legacy backlog collection. You think collection. they're going to partner with Burger King and release Zelda toys and plastic <laughs> balls? <laughs> Absolutely. What if that's all they did? I was think- Would you be pissed? <laughs> oh, God. So I really thought about this, and I thought about what games would they have in like their Mario 3D All-Stars equivalent for the Zelda franchise. There are five 3D Zelda games on the table here. We have... Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, Skyward Sword, and uh, Twilight Princess. I like when the last two out of order, but you know, those are the five kind of 3D Zelda games. And I thought about availability of Zelda games and which would be the most impactful to have in a collection. And when you kind of consider that 3DS is still pretty readily available, it might not be manufactured by Nintendo War, but it's still pretty readily available. If you wanted to play Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, I think you'd have an easier time doing that than if you wanted to play Twilight Princess or Wind Waker. So I feel like this Zelda Anniversary Collection is going to have the Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD. I battled on whether it's going to be HD or not because I'm like, oh, the file sizes will be so much larger. Those games are small. They're really small, actually. Um, If you combine all the Zelda games I want to be in this bundle... It's still like 10 gigabytes in size. It's not that big. So like, I think it's going to be the HD versions. They can port them over very easily. Though, If they can run on Wii U, they can run on Switch, even undocked, no problem. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's the third game, though. They are going to do Skyward Sword in this bundle. And this is how they're going to do it. This is part of the prediction. This is how they're going to do Skyward Sword. You're going to have console controls are going to be Joy-Cons, just like the Wii Motion Plus on the Wii. Move the Joy-Con around, it moves back and forth. But how do you carry that over to 
mobile, the mobile kind of handheld version of it. How do you do the sword swipes and all that? Well, there's a great game called Infinity Blade on iOS that does combat with a sword by swiping across the screen. And I feel like they're going to do that with Skyward Sword. It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be the best way they can continue Skyward Sword and not have it get lost on the Wii forever. Now, here's what made me realize this. I was playing Galaxy this week. Actually, I forgot to put that in my playtime. But I'm, I was playing Super Mario Galaxy this week, and you swipe your fingers across the screen to collect the star bits. And you're doing that a lot in the game. So I'm like, well, clearly Nintendo's fine with you controlling with the left stick to play, move Mario around, and then just going nuts trying to like, you know, swipe across the screen to get all those star bits. I'm like, they're okay with that kind of interaction, you know, paradigm. And they could totally pull that off for Skyward Sword. It's not going to be like an HD remake, but they're going to kind of touch with the controls in that way to get it to work. So the prediction is kind of like, Nice to wrap with the bow. Zelda Anniversary Collection is going to include Wind Waker HD, Twilight Princess HD, and Skyward Sword with Joy-Con motion controls and then touchscreen controls to use when you're in mobile mode. All right. This is not something we have time to look into right now, but I'm curious. I'd be curious to find out whether, you know, in China, how, like, um, how Nintendo released Mario Galaxy on the NVIDIA Shield, uh, like, years ago. Yeah. And... I'm. I wonder how many clues about the more recent 3D All Stars could we could we gain from that? Like, did they use the touch screen way back then on the Nvidia Shield versus, and then that was like a, um, I don't know, like a little clue for us saying, oh, when it comes to Switch, you'll probably be touching the screen. Hmm. I wonder then, did Skyward Sword ever come to the Nvidia Shield in China? Can we look back on I that? I don't and think see how they did that? Skyward Sword did, but I do remember that there was like I, I don't I'm fuzzy on this. I'm like 100% certain, but I think there was something where like they did something with Sunshine or Galaxy on the Shield that they didn't even do with All-Stars on the Switch. And that's one of the things that kind of like upset people about the All-Stars collection on Switch is that like, oh god, even this version of Mario on the Shield in China did better than that, like in that one like way. Yeah. Um I think I think I'm like 60% confident. Not very confident Almost in, in 69. That. <laughs> Almost 69. Holden, my um, final prediction for 2021 is that Epic will lose its court case against Apple. Mm-hmm. That you, like, right off the yeah, bat, I think, I think both right. of us think, like, well, duh, they don't have really a case. But, like, it's... It's high profile enough, and there's a lot of like fan outcry for some reason behind Epic that it could go anyway. Especially with our justice system as as wonderful as it is right now, uh, I, I honestly don't know about? how. It don't could, question but. our systems, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I think Epic will end up losing against Apple, and that's it. Yeah, I think you're a hundred percent right there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what's your prediction for Tim Sweeney's? Twitter tyrants after that. <laughs> oh, man. After that, he will then, everyone who's ever played Fortnite on iOS will get shot in the face. And it will be <laughs> Apple's fault. <laughs> uh, that was your last prediction as well, right? Mine and yours, we're yep. done. Wonderful. That's it for 21, 21 predictions. Twenty. I said 21, 21. You fucking idiot. Uh, tune in in 12 and a half months to find out whether we were right. Our final part, final act of our main quest 
is our most anticipated games of 2021 coming up. Um, again, if you follow me on GG, like you should, go to the GG app, follow me, Chad Mike Innes. You already see a list of my 12 most anticipated games. If you follow me on Twitter, before we decided we were going to do most anticipated, I also tweeted out an image of my 12 most anticipated games <laughs> about three days ago. <laughs> so this might be a little bit of a retread of some territory. But let's talk about it real quick, Holden, and why we're excited for these. I'm going to get... Yeah, let's go back and forth. How many How many do you have total? I, um, I'm just kind of going off the top of my head, honestly. I don't really have like a number right now, but... Um, I feel like we're going to have a lot of these in common. Actually, I know for a handful that we're definitely going to have in common together. I kind of wanted to get the easy ones out of the way. Yeah. Be like, obviously we're fucking pumped for God of War, Ragnarok, and Horizon Forbidden West. Even you are a convert of Horizon, and you're excited to play Horizon Forbidden West yeah. after I will add a note, though. I definitely think you are more anticip- you're anticipating those games much more than I am. Not that I'm not excited. They're definitely on like my list. They're definitely up there, but... Like, I liked God of War a lot. It's a really great game. Yeah. Uh, and Horizon, I just want to see the story. I'm going to put that to story mode and just plan through the story. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm definitely excited for those two games. Um, here's the thing, though. Will you be less excited about God of War if it's a PS4, PS5 game? I don't think so. I think it's going to be brilliant, whatever it is, and I'm going to love the shit out of it. Last of Same Part question, two worded differently. Will you be game? way more pumped? Will you be way more pumped if it's a PS5 exclusive game. No, I don't think so. No? Okay. That's one thing I'm hoping. I really want to see what Santa Monica can do with just PS5 only. There's too yeah. many cross-gen games already, Sony. There's too many. <laughs> I just don't just even think, like, even if it was what PS5 exclusive, I don't think we would mm-hmm. really see too much of a benefit there to offset. Like, we, it, it's too early in the generation. They haven't worked with it enough. I know it's a similar enough architecture, but, like, it's... It's too early in the generation for us to see major gains, I think, right away over a cross-gen title because Spider-Man looked amazing. And um, what else is cross-gen? I don't know. But I think things are looking really good right now, even if they're cross-gen, specifically from Sony First Party, that uh, I think it's okay for this to be, especially coming out this year, a cross-gen game and sell to another 120 million people on PS4 as well. Mm Mm-hmm. My my kind of hope. I, I hear you out. I'm actually I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. Um, I, I definitely agree, and it's, it's definitely a fair point. Like if they released a PS5 game right now, they it wouldn't be as impressive if they released a PS5 game in like two three years. Um, that's definitely you know fair. Um, I feel like when it comes to God of War, like that single shot style and kind of how much that was a focus without breaks, out cutaways. PS5 lends itself for them to do that kind of stuff way more robustly, way easier development wise. Um, because there's less they have to like juggle with this really slow hard drive. Um, I do think it's a game that would uniquely be able to take advantage of that. Like, what kind of epic shit could they do with like huge, like single shot moments with giant monsters? Like, I wasn't a fan of God of War one through three. Like, they're not games that necessarily resonate for for me. Um, but one thing that I think that those games had more so than the most recent God of War is fighting a boss that is many, many, many times the size of what you're even capable of seeing, you know, at, at one time. And I feel like they could do things like that with PS5 that they couldn't necessarily do if they had PS4. Now, they might have some tricks with their sleeves. Obviously, they're far better developers than, than I. So they, I'm sure they can figure things out that I just can't even fathom. 
a matter of fact, I'm not like certain I'm like 100% confident. <laughs> um, but I do think that the PS5 would be, um, would be able to allow them to do more things. But you're right. Like, it's still going to be a fucking incredible game if it's PS4 or PS5. Yeah. So you should be excited regardless. Irregardless, irregardlessly. <laughs> Holden, tell me about uh, a game or two that you are pumped about for 2021. Released, or I mean, announced or um, unannounced. Yeah, I mean, I just outside the ones I kind of already mentioned, like obviously Zelda, obviously Elden Ring, like Silk Song, like that kind of stuff. Um, Resident Evil Village, I'm really, really excited for that. Um, I think being in this podcast, I kind of got more into Resident Evil from Resident Evil 7 to Resident Evil 2, and now I really want to see what they can do next. And since we're on next-gen hardware, the kind of rumors of it maybe not running as well on current-gen consoles, like I'm not as worried about, just for me personally. Um so I'm really excited for for that, and apparently it's not that far away, so you don't actually have right? that long yeah. to wait. So that one's really exciting, yeah. Dope, yeah. I'm that's on my list for show. My list, is, by the way, this one is not a ranked list. These are just twelve games that I'm anticipating. I've got on there, of course, Senua Saga: Hellblade Two. Freaking pumped mm-hmm. for that game. I feel like I was the only person in the world that played <laughs> the first game. And then I was just like, everyone in the world, play this game now. In fact, I even bought it for you so you would play it. <laughs> yeah. It's just like You literally called me up and you're like, Holden, I don't care. I'm buying this game for you so <laughs> yes. you have no reason not to play it. <laughs> yep. It's incredible. Very pumped for that. Yeah. I'm definitely pumped for that game too. That game, that little trailer we got, got last year, was mm-hmm. still resonates well, with me. Like, that's still a really year, the year good. year before last year. Because it's 2021 now. Oh, yeah, I know. One year ago, close to one year ago, almost one year ago. In actual Dallas texted time. me very, very, year. very, very short side note. Dallas texted me yesterday and he said, <laughs> I won't give the reason why he texted this, but it's the year 2021 and I live in Rhode Island. <laughs> and I was like, in my head, non joking, I was like, whoa, he's from the future. <laughs> yep, it is 2021. Crazy. Yeah, it is. Uh, give me something else. What else are you excited for? Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Talking about kind of okay. PS5 exclusive games, I can take advantage of that hardware uniquely. Excited for that, but also just excited to play with the Ratchet and Clank game. It's been a long time coming. I have no experience with any Ratchet and Clank ever. So they're so I mean, much fun. I I will play whenever we get an an announcement for a release date. Even though apparently mm-hmm. it's Q1 this year. Um. Then I will play Ratchet and Clank. No subtitle, right? Just Ratchet and Clank on PS4. Yeah, just Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, it's is that in the PS Plus collection? I don't know, but I def- it was it was PS Plus sometime last year or the year before or something like that. So I have. Okay, it. so you have it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's a it's a solid game. It's a remake of a PS2 game. So sometimes it's kind of clear with its level design. Like, oh yeah, I can see this being a PS2. Um, but it just it's a lot of fun. The guns are fun. You can do some wacky stuff. It's cool. The disco bombs are. Awesome! I love the disco bombs. Um, I've been I've been saying this is like the reason why I got an Xbox, and it's the medium. I'm still pumped for the medium mm-hmm. coming out on the 28th of this month. Um, it's that you know that spooky switching worlds on demand kind of thing. Uh, it's gonna be on Game Pass, so I don't even have to buy anything because I'm already paying for Game Pass for Minecraft Dungeons. So I'm excited to play the medium in a couple of weeks. Do you remember its reason for getting delayed? Because uh, Cyberpunk got delayed and didn't want to compete with Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah. It should have. 
It should have. I mean, Cyberpunk still sold really well, but yeah, they definitely could have like, hey, if you want to play a not broken game, well, that might not age well. We, we'll see, but yeah. we, we don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, they totally could have played that card of like, want to play a game that works? Check us out. Medium. <laughs> <laughs> don't even have to pay for it. Um, We're on Game Pass. Other game uh, for uh, for me, um, like I said, I already talked about Elden Ring, Breath of the Wild, um, Hollow Knight, Silk Song. Um, here's a weird one that I've never mentioned in this podcast before because <gasps> I just got excited about this game last night. Is it the Playboy Bunny um, game from I... Xbox? <laughs> no. Um, I was on YouTube and it was recommended to watch this Let's Play the Stanley Parable. And I'm like, oh yeah, what, what, what is the Stanley Parable? And I watched enough of the game where I kind of regret it, to be honest, because I really wish I had experienced that myself. But holy shit, that game looks awesome. What like, is it? Really awesome. I kind of like don't want to say too much, but like imagine a walking simulator-esque game where your main interaction is like opening doors and walking around, but it has the humor of like Douglas Adams and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. In that kind of like dry, like kind of British humor. Um, I don't want to say too much about it, but essentially, like, the without saying too much, it's a narrator is guiding you the entire way. He'd be like, you know, Stanley got out of his office and decided to head towards the meeting room, but then you don't have to do what he says, and he'll still respond to what you're doing. So, it'd be like, did you want to go through the left door where your meeting room is, or the, like the right door? He's worded much better than that, um, but just to kind of like give you the example and like if you go in the right door even though he said go to the left door he's like stanley didn't know what he was doing he clearly <laughs> does not know where the meeting room is and it's like things like that but you can keep it just gets really interesting i'll just say that it gets it seems to get really really interesting and it's coming to consoles it's not officially announced for this year but it was said to be coming in 2019 and then it Whoa. they delayed it to 2020 and then that obviously didn't happen. So I'm like, it's got to happen this year. But oh man, like even seeing their delay announcements makes me so excited for the game because their delay announcements are hilarious. They did two. <laughs> One was them like reading, like it was like reading fan mail through the narrator of the game. And he's like, uh, this person's like, oh, like, you know, please make sure this game releases in 2019. We really want it to come out in 2019. He's like, oh, you have nothing to worry about. It's definitely coming in 2019. <laughs> and then, like, the second letter is like, I'm really excited for 2019, but like, if you guys needed to delay the game, like, for any reason at all, like, I totally understand. He's like, you don't need to understand. We're definitely coming out in 2019. And then the third letter is like, hey, um, 2020, like, just put it out to 2020. Be so much better for your, your team to d d delay it like that. I just want the best possible game. I don't necessarily want to write now. And he's like, hmm, you make good points. We should just delay this game to 2020 <laughs> instead. It like It's just like the narrative response of this fan letters. That was funny. But the one in 2022 was simple and perfect. They literally took one of the cyberpunk word-for-word -word delay messages and then just like did like magazine cutouts of their studio name over any mention <laughs> of CD Projekt Red. That's awesome. It was... Yeah, it was so fun. I'm like, this game just sounds like it's got such a great sense of humor. And I, I, I tried to buy it on Mac this weekend. And I'm like, no, don't do it, Holden. Just wait for the console version because it's going to have new endings to it. It's going to have um, just new interactions like within the game. There are already 18 endings in that game, apparently, just with all the different like, things you can do. So I'm like, I'm really excited to like play this game the, and finally check it out. It seems hilarious. Um, Galactic Crow Crow Crow. 
Yeah, I think this is might be the only game they released, and it came out in 2011. All right. So, like, it's been a while. Yeah, so it, it just, I was dying laughing watching the footage, like, literally dying laughing. It was so funny. You're dead. You're dead. Dope. Well, dead. I am excited for you to get excited for that game and then sell me on it as soon as it happens. I mean, I'm I'm already <laughs> interested, but, like, I'm, I'm curious your reactions to it when you actually play it. Yeah. I'm going to throw really, another one out there hope. that is a little controversial. Halo Infinite, oh. Holden. I'm excited. Really? I'm anticipating Halo Infinite for a couple of reasons. One, just because it's going to be a big moment in gaming. It's going to be Microsoft's yeah. shot. Like, they're going to shoot their shot. Um, But I also, like, I'm, exci I'm excited to get excited for Halo again. I haven't been excited for Halo since I was a young lad. Uh, so I'm excited to to take advantage of having an Xbox at the right time with what could potentially be a series changing uh, entry in it. So I'm pumped for Halo mm -hmm. Infinite. Very nice. Yes. Um, that's nice. That's nice. I also want to throw out there 12 minutes. Do you remember? 12 oh minutes? yeah, I forgot about that game. It was a game that was actually supposed. It was yeah. another one of those like delay. Like it was supposed to come out this year, and we just haven't heard anything from it. So I assume it's 2021. But we did hear mm -hmm. earlier this year that they uh, recast their voice talent, and so we have James McAvoy, Willem Dafoe, and Daisy Ridley going to be acting in this game. So uh, that's fucking takes that what was already going to be a game that I was super pumped for and made me splooge all over my eyes. <laughs> On that kind of more indie track, uh, Kina, Bridge of Spirits. Yeah. It's supposed to come out this year, but I'm very excited to see that on PS5 at some point this year because it got deleted this year. I don't think it's an exact release date, but it got deleted this year. So I'm excited for that one. Uh, I got Kina, Bridge of Spirits on there. I've got... I'm going to say best for last, but I've got Returnal coming to PS5. It's going to be a PS5 oh, yeah. exclusive game. It looks dope mm -hmm. and spoopy and sci-fi. Kind of even like Souls-like in a way with that kind of resurrection kind of mechanic they have there. Yeah. So kind of cool to see how that plays into the story because it seems like it's a story, a very heavily story focused too. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. It looks good. I've got three left. Oh, so that's like what? what March, right? Yeah, it's, it's very soon. It's March something. Yeah, two months away. Yeah, so they Sony has Destruction All Stars coming out February, and then really they have the first week of February. Yeah, then March is Returnal. They're probably not going to release release Ratchet and Clank in between those two games. That seems weird for like the first half Who of the knows? year. Who, Who knows? knows? You've got three more in here. How many you got? To, you want to just throw out? Uh, Robert De Niro's back. Keep going. I'll I'll think some. I'll think of some. Gotham Knights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for Gotham Knights. It's um, This is WB Montreal who did Batman Arkham Origins coming mm -hmm. back, and they're doing Gotham Knights where you play as the Bat family, and Batman's definitely 100% dead. Like, they are, they have, there's, he is dead dead, not like, he's dead. Ooh, just kidding. No, he's dead <laughs> in this. And this has got the partially multiplayer where it's like, I think it's two-player at all times, and sometimes you can have up to four people, depending on the mission. Uh, but it looks dope as fuck. Playing as Nightwing, Red Hood, Batgirl, Robin. I'm v excited for that. More so than That's I a good one, Squad. yeah. What is Suicide Squad? That trailer Rock was so setting, confusing. That's all we know. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> 
um, Cyberpunk DLC. I'm excited to see what they do with story expansions because with The Witcher, they had two major expansions come out within a year of the launch of The Witcher 3. So like it's and they said there's going to be more DLC expansions, not like the free DLC, but like four paid like huge expansions. Um, they said there's going to be more for Cyberpunk than there was for Witcher 3. So I'm excited to see if they're finally going to show off. Um, without spoiling anything, I'm excited for one that is hopefully crossing my fingers based Damn! on the dream on uh, side quest. Uh, if you want to hear me talk more in depth about that, I'll actually be on Nerds at Large um, on Tuesday night. I'm not sure when they're posting the episode, but um, Tuesday night to talk about Cyberpunk in depth. I'll be there with Brent as well. Pork nice. Chop 1984. You think they're... I'm excited for that. Very excited. You think their um, whole controversy around this and trying desperately over the next couple months to fix the current gen versions or last gen versions, you think it's going to delay the DLC at all? Um, I think it probably will. But I still think it's going to come out this year. Gotcha. Yeah. What about Back for Blood, Holden? Back for Blood. We just saw this like two weeks ago at the Game Awards, three weeks ago at the Game Awards. I'm pumped. I really enjoyed playing Left 4 Dead. <clears throat> Left 4 Dead, I think it's really cool how like literally just pick up and play. You don't have to worry about progression or anything like that. Uh, it's going to be great for game nights. It's going to be a ton of fucking fun. It's drop in, drop out. Looks great. Be excited. Cool. You got any more? Because I got one left. Uh, Devil Inside is something they showed off in the PS5 like announcement events. And it's like a indie indie. It had just a really unique art style. I think I'm just more curious to kind of see more about the game than anything. But I'm really excited for that. My. I'm not going to say most anticipated game because God of War and Horizon are on here, but Hogwarts Legacy Holden is slated for 2021, and I can't fucking wait to hear just more about the game in general and what the fuck's going on in it, but I just can't wait to go back to Hogwarts and shoot my little wand everywhere. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited for just the idea of a... Harry Potter world RPG that's not about Harry Potter. I'm just love to see how they explore the world with that. It's a different time period than uh, Harry Potter story by like a good hundred plus years. So and that's gonna be really cool to to see. Um, yeah, I'm very excited for that one too. Absolutely, I actually kind of forgot about. It. I feel bad I forgot about that because I am really excited about that game. There's too much. There's too much, Chad. That 2021 is gonna be fucking great. Yeah, one of my predictions was going to be, and it was just too hard to get a metric for it to actually like prove it or not. But I'm like, I think 2021 is going to be one of the big year for gaming. It's just like 2012 was a like huge year for for gaming, and there was just so many great games that came out. 2017 was another one of those years. I think that 2021 is going to be one of those landmark. Just there's just so many fantastic games. Yeah, awesome. That's what it's we're looking awesome. forward to. What are you looking forward to? Go to Respawn Aim Fire on Twitter. Let us know. Holden, we are finally made it out of the the first an hour and seven minutes into this podcast right now. And we are now moving on to playtime. But don't worry, everyone. Our fetch quests are super <laughs> short and we have no other quest logs. So we're just going to talk about playtime. What did we play this week? Holden, I'm going to take you through mine really quick. Um, I played Destiny 2. Talked all about it. We were supposed to be raid ready yesterday. But we weren't raid ready. No, not everyone was available. So now it's January 9th. We're raid ready. We're ready to go. It's going to be great. So I'll have more on that uh, next week. 
I am in a weird spot where I'm I can't figure out what to play next. Like I've I've beat everything that I wanted to beat right after the PS5 launched. I beat Demon Souls, did um um Astrobot. Uh I, we've we've gotten to so much of the end game of Destiny 2. Uh all of these games. I, I I'm done. I'm just like, what do I play now? Obviously, I'm still playing Destiny 2 like 20 hours a week. But then what else do I do? So I, I started to dabble. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2 was on sale for 29 bucks. I think it was like 25% off. So I downloaded that. Huge little blast of nostalgia to my veins. It was a great way to like... That game is so addicting. Just jump in. Every run is like two minutes max. And you're like, oh, I'm going to collect all the skate letters this time. Now I'm going to go back and I'm going to grind the three rails. Now I'm going to go back and I'm going to get the VHS tape. And such an easy time suck. Uh, Freaking love it. I haven't played that game in literally like 18 years. Wonderful. Still going to play it. But it wasn't scratching that itch, Holden. It wasn't scratching that itch. Mm. I was like, I still got to play something, but I don't really know what to play. I don't want to invest yet in The Last of Us Platinum. Unless it was part two platinum, because it's like that's gonna be an emotional ride that I just don't think I'm ready for it, but I just want to play something. So I downloaded Assassin's Creed Valhalla today. I have almost downloaded that game about seven times over the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed you downloaded this, to be honest. I just because it's a big open world game and you usually try to stay away from right? those. So I, I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game since Revelations, which was two Brotherhood, Revelations, and then three. So it's been a long time since I played Assassin's Creed. But I got tired of it. Um, and when Valhalla was announced or shown off, because it leaked years ahead of time, but when it was shown off finally. <laughs> what? A Ubisoft game? <laughs> uh, I was excited. I, the Viking uh, lore, like the, the Norse mythology, all of that is something that ever since God of War has just completely sucked me in. And so I, I think as we were watching the reveal together, I was like, this might be an Assassin's Creed game I buy. And so it's always been sitting there. It's like, maybe I'll get it. But more and more this year, I also realized I don't like open world games. I don't like a trillion things for me to go do. And all of them are cool, but none of them really matter. And I don't feel a sense of progression. And there's never an end to it and all this kind of So that also was kind of upsetting for me. And even the other night, Dallas is like, you know, I don't know about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'm still playing it a lot, but now I go and do this thing, and I'm just like, well, what did I just do that for? I'm like, yeah, sounds like something I don't want. So then I bought it. And... (laughs) (laughs) The forbidden fruit is a strong force with Chad. (laughs) (laughs) It was on sale for 45 bucks, and I was... I just really wanted to play it, because it's like, it's a a Viking thing. I want to play it. It looks dope. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like two hours into it, and I'm actually really liking it a lot so far. I think part of that is because they give you three choices as you start the game. They're not quite difficulty, but the first one is like, um, I forget what they label it, but it's how much of a HUD or notification or that kind of thing do you want. And it's like, we can notify you uh, about events nearby at a really wide distance, at a kind of a medium distance, or when you're uh, not until you're really close to them. And then they're also like, that really close one also has this limited HUD, so you're more immersed. And I'm like, I think that's what I want. Because if I'm walking around and I'm constantly getting notifications, there's a bear eating a person over there. Someone's house is on fire. Uh, there's a guy asleep by a pole. Go wake him up. If I'm getting that all the time, I'm going to hate myself. And you somehow know about that when you're 500 miles from it. <laughs> right. But if I can isolate myself 
and like I did with God of War, which is the best decision to just go HUDless as much as possible, I think I'm, it might make for mm-hmm. a better experience with me, and I might be able to mainline it like I want to. And then if I'm liking it enough, branch out and try some side quests and stories and things like that. Uh, but I've, yeah. I'm playing it. The combat is the only thing that I'm kind of iffy on right now. It feels old. Uh, there's, from what I saw, I've already gotten like my first two upgrade skill points or four skill points, and there's a tree, not in the shape of a tree, but you know there's a skill tree and things like that. So it looks like you can customize it and, and get new skills and stuff. But right at the beginning, the first two hours, it's just like your only attacks are you have block, or you can light attack, heavy attack, and it's not even like combos with them. It's just like swipe, 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 swipe. Okay, that guy's dead. So like that's a little bit boring for me. And it's a little bit sluggish as well. I guess that's just Assassin's Creed and how it responds. Like, if you're standing still and you push forward on the thumbstick, it's literally like a whole second before your character actually starts moving. So it's like, it it feels sluggish. And I even put it on performance mode because I was like, oh, maybe it's the 30 frames per second. I've just been playing on 60 with Destiny for so long that I changed it to 60 and it was still like, oh, nope, it still feels slow. But it is a beautiful game. There, the vistas, the aurora borealis everywhere, the sunlight, and all of these things. And, and I'm particularly impressed with the facial animations. Uh, the faces look really good in this, and it doesn't have that traditional open world thing where you're uh, you go up and you talk to someone, and then it goes to that you know you're only staring over the shoulder shot at somebody, and their eyes are like not quite looking in your eyes, and they're doing like weird jerky animations. Like no, they're actually <laughs> looking you in the eye. They're making natural movements. And I was like, oh. Open world games might have come a long way. Um, apparently not Cyberpunk 2077, though, because you're lucky if the person's even <laughs> in the same room with you as they're talking or clothed. Um, sorry, I just had to get that dig in there. Um, but no, so I, I, I'm enjoying it. We'll see if I stick with it for a long period of time. But so far today, that scratched that itch a little bit. And there are a lot more. This is another great thing. There are a lot more RPG elements to it than I'm familiar with in Assassin's Creed. Like, so you can swap out all different types of armor and weapons, and you can upgrade them with materials, and you can add runes to them to give them different types of effects and stuff like that. So that's that's really scratching an itch for me. I'm liking it. Very cool. And then I played Minecraft Dungeons and more with the kids. That's it. Damn. What are you playing? Dungeons. Um, I played. I played a lot this week. Um, every once in a while, I just kind of opened up Super Mario Galaxy and just played some more Super Mario Galaxy. I'm really liking it. It's a really good game. Um, it works well in handheld mode. It works well on, on the TV. Um, I just keep having this thing of, man, the controls in Odyssey, I'm so used to them, and I just want to, like, throw my hat and jump on it to get a farther jump. But, like, I want, I still have that itch, even though I'm pretty deep in that game now. Like, I'm at a point where... Um, in front of Rosalina, there's like a countdown of how many stars I need before we can get to the center of the universe, yeah. or the edge of the universe, wherever we're going. When you get to the um, center in Sean Murray's game, you just start the game over. So it's the same in Super you Mario You start the Galaxy. game over. <laughs> Can't wait. Thrilled for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, like, I'm really, really enjoying the game, but I keep like getting these impulses to play it like Odyssey. And it makes me want to play Odyssey, which I didn't do. I refrained. But I'm getting close to the end of Super Mario Galaxy. I'm really enjoying it. I'll do Super Mario Sunshine after that. And I don't know if I'm going to go Super Mario 64. I've played that twice, I think. But Sunshine's the one I want to go to next, for sure. Play more Animal Crossing New Horizons. I am very close to finishing Holden's Island 3.0, or Kakariko 3.0. <laughs> um, it's 
looking i think it's looking great i'm very excited about it at this point i'm just waiting for leaf to come back to town so i can buy a bunch of um of flowers from her so i can i can put them like in the right spot and i basically need a bunch of flowers and i don't want to <laughs> buy nook miles tickets so i can go to an island to get like more you know rare flowers and i don't want to just buy the flowers that are available in my shop because i already have those kind of flowers pretty well populated in my towns so i want to get something different um in those areas but yeah it's like everything's spread out really nicely i even have and i'm very excited about this a secret location on my island that you can see from one vantage point but you can't get to unless you know the secret path to get to oh. it it's not like crazy well hidden but i think it's well hidden enough that you wouldn't initially think to do what you have to do to get to the that part of the island that's where my campsite is so like uh, there's a campsite there and that's where a really kind of awesome animal crossing moment happened this week for me so on new year's eve right after the turn of the new year i um i went to the island i'm kind of like what's happening at in like my town right now on New Year's Eve and they actually had like a whole countdown clock and all that stuff like going on in the in the town hall or right at the town hall which is really kind of cool but I noticed I'm like oh man like not all my villagers are are there so I, I went out to find Pecan because Pecan wasn't you know in um in the plaza and I go talk to Pecan and she's awake so I knock on my door I go in and and she, it was the cutest thing she's like oh it sounds like you guys are all having so much fun out there I just like to celebrate with myself but I'm so happy you guys are all like having a good time like it was just kind of cool that she, like she had her own little personality and like how she wanted to approach things and thank you for busting into cool. my house and waking me up in the yeah, middle of the she, night I knocked <laughs> I knocked she let me in it okay. was it was welcome and then um. The cool moment at my campsite is it has a really good view of the sky, and there was a fireworks show. So I actually just kind of stood there and watched the fireworks show for like for a little bit, um, sitting on this like bench I had set up, and just I took some screenshots of some of the the um, formations of the fireworks. It was cool. It was a cool little thing. It's very Animal Crossing. Yeah, I um, saw so that was fun. I saw screenshots of it from uh, Gary Witta and Greg Miller. I was like, oh, that's actually mm-hmm. a really cool little in-game event there. Yeah, they you know do what great I, in-game events. That's you know what I'm really for 2021 do? with Animal Crossing. I don't What's I that? don't care enough to make another island or revive myself to go visit your island, but I want to see your island. I want you yeah. you don't have to do this, but I think this would be cool content. If you just do a little with your game capture card and just do a, a five minute side quest of just walking us through your island and just showing this yeah, is my I house totally and these that. are my villagers and this is a secret path to blah 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 blah. And I spent four thousand dollars. I'm not gonna reveal a secret path. But I'll show you like there's a there's an area where you can see it, but it's like a tease. I'll show that, but I'm not gonna show the secret path. You gotta come to the island, or I'll put my my dream code, and you can use a dream code and explore that way, and maybe find it. Actually, I don't know. Could you access the dream code? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm totally totally down for that. I need to get the flower set up first. It's not like hundred percent ready. I gotta put some more furniture out in people's lawns. I have like houses situated, but I don't. They have like empty lawns right now, so I need to like figure that out. There's some things I have to figure out still, but it's like getting there. It's like at this point the game's in beta, and I need to like do the final like like touches to, for Gold Master release. Um, so yeah, I played uh, that, and then um, I played. I'm basically just as like a personal project, trying to figure out what makes Zelda dungeons engaging. So I'm doing a comparison between dungeons in Link's Awakening, Oracle of Seasons. Um, which I know have good dungeons, and then also, or what I remember having good dungeons, at least with Oracle of Seasons. It's been a while since I played that one. And then I'm playing Reverie at the same time to kind of analyze those dungeons because those dungeons did not speak to me. So I kind of wanted to get the comparison of, like, what is it about the Zelda dungeons I liked, but Reverie didn't do it for me? Um, I'm not calling it Reverie specifically. I don't think it's a bad game. 
it's a small like indie game like i'm not like bad mouthing it but i just wanted to like kind of compare the difference in why i felt that the zelda dungeons were more engaging kind of what what caused that what made the zelda dungeons like top tier so i wanted to kind of um, check that out. So that's, that's what I've been working on. I literally have the maps of all the dungeons on my iPad with like notations written out, highlighting every interactable item. Like in the, like I'm going kind of all out with it, but it's been kind of fun. And actually, it's kind of surprising actually. Um, in the case of Link's Awakening, at least, how much of a dungeon is just completely optional? You don't even have to do it. Hmm. There's like a clear like main, at least in the first dungeon, there's a clear main path, and there's kind of these ancillary things you could do in the side if you don't want to. And I'm kind of understanding more like what they mean by illusion of choice and how a game can get you to think you're making decisions, but really it's looping back, so you didn't really have a choice, but you thought that you did. I'm kind of noticing those things more now, which is kind of cool. So that's that's what I've been playing this week. Dope. Um, let's move on to our quest log. We've got just one quest log today: the fetch quests, all of the headlines that don't really have a ton to go with them but we felt like they're still worth mentioning and maybe talking about uh we've got six of them yes six items on the list the first one is star citizen it's that game that is never coming out but it's the highest grossing kickstarter of all time with many many millions of dollars star citizen single player campaign misses beta window doesn't have a release date says owen s good at polygon uh so yeah they were supposed to have a, a single player beta of the game and that date came and went. The, the the window that they said they were going to have that beta and it came and went and nothing. Nothing. More. Yeah, I'm, and it just to kind of... Go for it. Yeah. Just kind of clarifying that too. Like, there's Star Citizen, which is their, like, kind of massive MMO space exploration kind of game. Yeah. And then there's the single-player version, which is a, actually a separate game now called Squadron 42. It's got, like, Mark Hamill is in it. Gary Oldman is in it. Like, it's got right. really talented actors in it so that's what you know has has gotten i guess pushed back they just released like on their website here's our roadmap and then just that was missing from the roadmap not the whole game but just like mention of the beta separate games i remember whenever they started they were casting these people i was like damn all these people get invented in like in bed with this project yeah they also bring in ton of money still last year alone they brought in 77 million dollars in new funding I know it's nuts. It's totally nuts. So hopefully these games come out. It's a weird situation. These Next games up, at this point. It's not even one game. Yeah, games. multiple plural games. We also yeah. have the Resident Evil movie reboot has finished filming. Says Dennis Patrick at Game Ranks. This is in no way related to the previous twenty-four movies. Uh, this is its own reboot of the series. It's being directed by the person Johannes Roberts, who did Forty-Seven Meters Down and the sequel. 47 meters down, uncaged. You've probably never heard of those movies. Neither have I, which means probably going to be a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at his IMDb, and I'm like, ooh, yeah, these are all, like, B-horror films. Like, I was kind of excited about a Resident Evil movie reboot because I could do a lot with that, but I'm like, now I'm like, uh, hopefully this is this guy's Magnus o- or Magnum Opus. Magnum Opus? Magnus Opus? Magnum Magnus Opus. Opus? Magnum Opus. Magnum okay. for my monster dong. Uh, <laughs> Opus. Next up, report... PlayStation 5 set record with 3.4 million units shipped in first month, says Zermenicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. Now, important, that is shipped units to stores, although I I am pretty confident they sold through all of those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the demand, it's just not there. It's just not. They are also predicting PS5 to sell 16.8 to 18 million units in 2021. Uh, that's That's impressive. Again, no it's numbers from Xbox. Units. I don't think we will have any Xbox numbers uh, going forward either. But 
Now, they announced a while ago they're done with numbers, but I bet we'll keep hearing those Game Pass subscriber counts. Yep. And if Xbox sold Still more than 3.4 million units in this first month, we'll hear those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last three here. We've got PlayStation Plus games for January 2021 announced, says Adam Bankhurst at IGN. And it's a good month, y'all. We've got Greedfall, yeah. which I didn't realize was a different game than Godfall until three days ago. Uh, and I actually <laughs> looked into it. It was like, oh, I might be interested in this for about two hours. We also have Shadow of the Tomb Raider, the third entry in the Tomb Raider franchise. I have not played that one, so I'm, I'm excited to have that so I can go back and play it. And Maneater for PS5. So you get a, another PS5 optimized game. That's the shark game. You get to play as a shark. Eat men. Uh, people, I've heard good things about it. I've heard, Yeah, I've heard really good things about that game, but I didn't want to pay for it. So I'm glad that we're getting it for free on PS5. <laughs> Also, they're like refunding if you've already bought it. They're gonna like refund you because it was on sale recently. Yeah. So uh, it is important good. to note that that is Maneater for PS5. You will not get the PS4 version, similar to how Bug Snacks worked. Um, next up, Elden Ring dev thanks fans who voted for the title at the Game Awards 2020. Says Zermanic at PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, so anyone who voted for Elden Ring as their most anticipated game, they just said thanks, and then they also said, "quote It seems the world might not be mended for a while yet." Uh huh. So the world might be mended. But please take care of yourselves and enjoy the new year in good spirits and good health. See you in 2021. So that's what you mentioned earlier where they said, see you in 2021. We don't know whether that's the game yeah. or whether we're going to find out more information in 2021, but we'll learn something. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, Elden Ring. Mm, I honestly wait. don't remember anything about that game anymore other than George Railroad Martin's doing something with it and that it has horses. <laughs> that's all I remember. The I I've watched those several times now, and there's just like I, I'm sure if you go back and watch that trailer, once you know what the game is, you go, oh, they were hinting at those things. Yeah. But during the trailer itself, I'm like, I don't see what this game is gonna be based on this trailer. But fuck, <laughs> I'm still excited for it. <laughs> and then finally, random colon. Edge Magazine is teasing a world exclusive, says Liam Doolin at Nintendo Life. Uh, this has since not been teased, but actually released a week early uh, from Edge Magazine. It is a feature on Hollow Knight Silk Song. It's a, a feature if you have Apple T sorry, Apple News Plus, you can go and read Edge without having to actually subscribe to the magazine, which is dope. Um, but some it goes through a lot of features that are coming in Silk Song or how it's gonna be different from the original Hollow Knight. Uh, and it seems pretty dope. Now, Holden, I know that you you loved Hollow Knight enough to vote at Game of the Year and not regret it. Are you pumped by a lot of these it. changes that they're talking about, or are you let down? Oh, very, very pumped. A lot of it sounds like it's a new lore, it's a new world you're exploring. That's all exciting. But it really sounds like they didn't just want to remake Hollow Knight. It really feels like this game just came out organically, where this was originally... This is something you already knew, but it was supposed to be a, a DLC add-on for free um, where you play as Hornet just in the Hollow Knight world. But I guess it just got carried away and it turned into its own game. And they're really talking a lot about how they had to reconsider the game because Hornet um, is a much more like aggressive physical character than Hollow Knight is in the original game. So I'm very interested to see like how that plays off into boss battles and kind of enemy interactions. They talk about how just like the enemies themselves are much more complicated this time. Like like simple grunts like you had in Hollow Knight 
are just too easy with uh, with Hornet's move set that they actually made things more complicated to kind of and they weren't trying to make it more challenging. Um, they just wanted it to feel more attuned to Hornet's character. That part was cool. And they also talked about how in Hollow Knight you're trying to descend in the map. You're trying to go down deeper. And in this game you're going up higher. And they expounded upon that a little bit more. And it, I kind of got the sense that they might have said too much. They kind of, one of like the people in the interview said like, hey, shut up, man. Like, don't say anything more. <laughs> um, but uh, they said um, that you're trying to get to the top. You're trying to get to the Citadel, I think is what they called it, at the top of this world. And they basically said, they made this allusion to castlevania and how like your goal in castlevania might be to get to a location but then when you get there there's like all this stuff at that location as well and your objective might change so they basically said you might be trying to get to the citadel but then like maybe you'll see something like get to the top of the citadel once you get in the citadel and that might mean it's something and i'm like this game sounds more expansive than hollow knight was and hollow knight was already a surprisingly expansive game for the team that, that made it. So yeah. I'm really excited, more so than I was before. Um, this is going to be great. And it's definitely coming in 2021. <laughs> it has <laughs> <Yeah>. to. <laughs> has to. It has to. No, it doesn't. Take time, to you guys, but PC I want it. and Switch at first uh, with other, yes. other platforms trailing, like the first one did. Mm-hmm. Dope. And that is it for our quest log, which means it is time for Game On Game Show. The Game On Our Game Show, we play a game called Game On. Game, 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 game show, game, 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 game show. Show, show, show me your game. Show me your moves. Uh, Holden, we have a new game this week. New game? And new, new games game. recently. I know, I know. I'm getting creative. This one... <laughs> I, I'm... I, so, I, okay, here, here's the game. The game is called, Is Assassin's Creed Good... That's the game. <laughs> Brent, we still love you. Don't worry. We still love Don't you, Don't worry. This will, this will not be our personal takes on Assassin's Creed. It is a game about guessing Metacritic scores for all the Assassin's Creed games. <laughs> um, so there are I'm 20... I'm going to keep my hands up like this so you know I'm not searching it. Yeah, so there are, there are 25 Assassin's Creed games. Um, we're we're going to do all of them across... Console, PC, iOS, Droid is still a thing. Like Whoa. there are Droid games. <laughs> There's a lot of them. <laughs> this might be your longest game ever. <laughs> there, are, well, that's that's the thing. There are 25. I'm considering maybe splitting this up between two episodes, and maybe we do the first 10 and then 15 next time. Okay. Um, and that's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do. we're gonna do. The first 10 Assassin's Creed games because I have them listed by year as well, uh, and I mm-hmm. know what platforms they're on. So here's how it's gonna work. I don't know the answers to these yet. I've created a spreadsheet in numbers where we'll put in our guesses, and then after we've guessed the first 10, I'll actually go and look them up on Metacritic, and it will automatically tell us how off we were. Whoever is closest at the end of those 10 wins a super special prize. (laughs) To be determined later, uh, it might be the same prize as last week where I get to decide whether or not you masturbate. Um, That's our game. Is Assassin's Creed good? Part one. So hold on, we're going to chronologically go through all of these games. Again, I'm not looking up any of them in real time because I don't want me to accidentally see a Metacritic score for one that's in the future. So we're going to go through all 10 ourselves, guess, and then we're going to go reveal the actual scores. Starting with 2007's Assassin's Creed, Holden. 
This came to PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, Windows, Android, and Java ME. Whatever that is. Java ME. Interesting. What do you think Assassin's Creed got on Metacritic? And just to clarify, we're doing this as like, do we give a range or we just give a, like, price is right. We give a number and whoever's closest to it's that number. It's not necessarily price is right where, like, you can't go over, but it's just like you give it a solid number. And then okay. whatever it turns out to be, we we're, uh, the spreadsheet will calculate how off you were from the actual number. And gotcha. to be clear, when I type it in, when I type in Assassin's Creed, I'm just going to pick the highest number. That so if it was on multiple platforms, I'm gonna pick whatever the highest one right. is of yeah. those. So like if there was like a random Game Boy Advance port of a 360 game that clearly is not gonna run very well, like right. th- that gets a massively you know terrible score in comparison. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Um, okay. First Assassin's Creed game. I'm gonna say 83. 83. Okay. 83. 83. I don't remember that one. I remember Assassin's Creed 2 being the first one that really hit. So I'm gonna say yeah. 74 for that one. Mm, you're right, you're right. I can't change mine now, but you no, are you right. Cannot I remember change that it, now. Change but I'll, yeah. I'll guess first for the next one. Assassin's Creed Altair's Chronicles. <laughs> I remember playing this on my iPod Touch, my first gen iPod Touch. This came yep, to Android, yeah. Symbian, iOS, WebOS, you remember that operating system? WebOS, Windows Phone, and WebOS Nintendo is actually DS. good, very inspirational for future operating systems. Yeah. Uh, and Nintendo DS forgotten. is the last one. DNA exists. Uh, I'm going to say, now actually there's a caveat here. I know these are the 25 Assassin's Creed games. I don't know if all 25 of them were actually reviewed on Metacritic or not. So we may get to some of these and they not have a score and we're like, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't I can see these. a mobile game in like 2008 not getting a Metacritic yeah. but review. Yeah. At the time, that was a ro- that was 2008. That's a robust, that was right after the iPhone App Store launched. That's a robust game. Yeah, I remember that. There. I'm going to say it got yeah. good reviews, and I'm going to give it a 83. I'm going to say, I'm going to go lower on this one, and I'm going to say 71. 71? Ooh, okay. Next up, Assassin's Creed Bloodlines. This was a PlayStation Portable this is a DS exclusive. One. Oh, that one, right. Yes. Okay, I played this one. I played this one after I hacked my PSP for homebrew. Um <laughs> <laughs> So hold on. What did you? What do you guess? Two thousand nine's Assassin's Creed Bloodlines. I remember it not getting great reviews. I think I remember that too. Yes, I'm gonna say sixty nine seems like a good number. Ooh, that's a Let's good 69. number. Sixty nine. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with a fifty four, just because I want to. I want to. I want to explore the scale. I want to explore the scale. Yeah, absolutely. Right, three down. It's not interesting if you guess the same thing. That's right. Assassin's Creed 2 came to Java ME, Android, Symbian, Windows, Xbox 360, Xbox One, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, OS 10, and Mac OS 10. Why are those both listed? That's weird. Um, <laughs> Assassin's Creed 2, Holden. Uh, I'll go first on this one. Again, I think this is the first one that was like critically acclaimed as like a really great game. I'm going to go with an 88. Yeah. You know, I was going to go close to 80, but I said I wouldn't do the same thing as you. So I'm going to say 87, which is actually what I was already predicting I was going to do this one anyway. Because it's better. I knew it got reviewed better than the first one. It did. It did. Okay, still in 2009, our third game for 2009. This is the one you were thinking of. Assassin's Creed 2 Discovery for iOS and Nintendo DS. You get to choose first. I don't remember this one, actually. This isn't what I was thinking of. I think that the other mobile one came to DS2, I thought. I don't know. I'm confused. Assassin's Creed anyway, Altair's Chronicles came to, D- came to DS. 
Okay, that's what I was thinking of yeah. then. Okay. This one I don't remember at all. I'm going to say, because I don't remember it, it couldn't have been great. I had a DS at the time. I would have seen reviews for it. I would have, like... Yeah. I would have remembered it, I feel like. So I'm going to say... 61. Ooh, 61. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say 62, just because I know nothing about it. <laughs> Number seven, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, which was my favorite of the three that I played. Uh, actually, four, I guess. Five, if you count the iOS game and the PSP game. Look at me. I'm a little Assassin's Creed aficionado. I've played 20% of their games. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Brotherhood came out in 2010 for Java Emmy, Android, Windows, Xbox 360, Xbox One, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, and OS X. I'm not going to do that for the rest of these. But I will let you know if it's like specifically only one. <laughs> Basically, platform. just like everything. If it had a screen, yeah. The Skyrim rule. It was on everything. <laughs> 2010, Brotherhood. Uh, I guess first this time. This one, I feel like I liked it a lot. I feel like people really liked the yeah. like build up your, your village domain kind of thing, mm-hmm. sending people out on missions. So I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to say it's 86. Not quite as high as I gave Assassin's Creed 2, but I'm going to say it got an 86. Yeah, I remember it not being as high as Assassin's Creed 2. I remember Revelations, I'm pretty sure, was the, like, of the three Assassin's Creed 2, like, Ezio collection games. Mm-hmm. I think that was the the weakest, I th- if I recall correctly. So I'm going to say with this one, it, like, went down, basically, each time a little bit. So I said, what, 88 or 87? Is it 87, it 87. For Assassin's Creed 2? This one's going to be 82. 82. All right. We have three left. Assassin's Creed Revelations. We both just talked about how this one wasn't quite received as well. Mm-hmm. So what is your guess for Assassin's Creed Revelations? 77. 77. Ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go lower with a 71. Ooh, well, that's way lower. Now, Holden, this is where things get tricky. Assassin's Creed 3, 2012. This is the yeah. one set in Colonial America. Didn't do very well, critically, I remember. In fact, I think a lot of people hated mm-hmm. it compared to the Ezio trilogy. I do know that Brent and Dallas love it, though. But then again, Brent hasn't played The Last of Us Part Two, So <laughs> I'm going to go with Assassin's Creed 3 getting uh, 64. I'm going to say 71. And then finally, in 2012, at the same time, released on PlayStation Vita and then eventually a lot more things, Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation. Now this one, if you don't give it a high score, makes you a racist because this starred a black female protagonist. (laughs) Now this one didn't do well, and I played this game. I enjoyed it, but definitely could acknowledge that it was framey as fuck. I do remember that. Yeah, it had some problems for sure. Uh, maybe it's better on the collection later on. I don't know. But I still enjoy that game. Um, but yeah, I didn't do well. I, I want to say a lot. I saw a lot of sixes and sevens for that game. So I'm going to say 66. 66. I'm going to go with a 58. Again, Ooh. exploring that scale. Exploring that scale. So Holden, we've reached the end of our first 10. We're going to come back to the rest of these 15 uh, at a, at a later date. Uh, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put in an average here to see, on average, how good do we think the first 10 games are? And we're going to do the average of 
my column is 71. I think the first 10 71. Assassin's Creed are around a 71. And Holden, yours is, using that beautiful function to just drag it to the left. Oh my god, I wish my trackpad was more accurate at such tiny text. <laughs> uh, 74. You think Assassin's Creed is better than I oh. do? Well, at least the first 10 by Assassin's three Creed. Points. Yeah, by three points. By three points. points. Okay, let's actually look these up, Holden. I'm going to Metacritic right let's now. Do it. The first game, Assassin's Creed. Now, if I see any other Assassin's Creed autofill in here, I'm going to erase them from my memory. <laughs> if you type in the full name of the game, it should cover. It should cover it. Ooh, the movie came up first in autofill, and it got a 36. <laughs> <laughs> Assassin's Creed. Cre what? Assassin's. Oh, that's Assassin's War. JK. Assassin's War Creed of the Chaos Runner. Um, Metacritic is having some trouble. Rut Row. Yeah. This might be a dud of a game right now. <gasps> Metacritic.com. To be continued? Assassin's Creed. <laughs> I'm going to type 360. Nerds at Large is trying to spoil our game of the year. Godfall Why'd you call it Godfall? <laughs> Why'd you call it? We were trying to build up to it. <laughs> Oh my god, you know what it was? I didn't put the apostrophe in Assassins. Come on. Ugh. Metacritic, fuzzy match, y'all. Fuzzy match. You just copy and paste that, so you just paste it each time. Assassin's Creed. Assassins is one of those words where I'm like, God, how many S's in Assassins? Whenever I'm right? spelling it, like that's my frame of like, I'm like I spelled it wrong, because there wasn't... Yeah, it's like Assassin's Assassin's Creed 1 got an 81. Really? Guess 83, I guess 74. So you were closer on that one. Uh, Assassin's Creed, since it's already on the page here, I'm just going to fill it in. Assassin's Creed 2 got a 90. I guess 88, really? you guess 87. Yeah. So um, I was wondering, what's the first one get a 90? It was Assassin's Creed 2. Didn't take long. Yeah. Assassin's Think Creed 3, since it's already on the page here, 84, uh, which is much higher than we scored it. I gave it a 64, you gave it a 71. Interesting. Assassin's Creed Revelations. What is going on? Revisionist history. Assassin's Creed Revelations got an 80. I gave it a 71. You gave it a 77. Assassin's Creed uh, Brotherhood, 89. Hey, we were closer with that one. I gave 86 and you gave it 82. And then we're getting to the ones that might not be reviewed. Um, Liberation. I'm going to find specifically the PS Vita port of this one. Yeah. Rather than the many, many years later version. Liberation on Vita was a 70. So you were you were at 66. I was at 58. All right. So we're only missing two games. The PSP game. Oh, three games. Okay. So let's find Assassin's Creed. The mobile ones, I wouldn't be surprised if they just don't show up. Yeah. Altair's Chronicles. Hey, it shows up on, on DS. Altair's Chronicles got a 58. <laughs> <laughs> I gave Oof. it an 83. You gave it a 71. Oh, man. That is really low. Yeah. Oh, man. 
Let's try Bloodlines. This one was PSP exclusive. 63. I feel like we're almost in the middle. I give it a 54. You give it a 69. <laughs> 69. And then finally, Assassin's Creed <laughs> 2 Discovery. 2. I totally forgot about that one. Every other one I have some sort of memory for. That one, nothing. Okay, Assassin's Creed 2 Discovery. I said we would take the higher of the two. Uh, it got a 69 on DS, but it got a 75 on iOS. So we're going to give it the 75. Okay. I guess 62, you guess 61. So hold in. We have our final scores for the first 10. So phase one of, is Assassin's Creed good? In general, <laughs> uh, did we fin? Oh yeah, so, in, so again, I gave them an average of 71. You gave them an average of 74. They average out to be about 76. I was 100 points off total. You were 65 points off, that's it? Oh my god. You were so much better just at that game than I here. was. Just such such a killer. I was an average of ten points here. off per game, and you were an average of six and a half points off per game. Yeah, six points off is still like well outside the margin of error, statistically speaking. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's it for round one of Is Assassin's Creed good? Uh, maybe I'll find so a way the next to next week now mes- memorizing all the <laughs> scores for those games. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm gonna try to do. Maybe next time I'll like I'll ask Jesse to look up the scores of all of these games and just like get them for me ahead of time mm-hmm. to make those a little bit smoother. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. That's it for Game on Game Show, and that is it for episode 193 of Respawn Aim Fire. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Oh, we have a reveal. We have a special reveal right now. Very special reveal. on air. Something that almost never (laughs) happens is going to happen. Hope you knew that going in so that we kept you to the end of the episode. (laughs) We are revealing next... It's me. It might be exciting for you. If it's Jeff there for Nerds of Lords Gaming, you should tell Darby the results of this because he might be excited. (gasps) There was a tie between Knack and Control. For barf, barf this month. Yep. And because we're kind of already into the month, we need to get started with this game. We're just, rather than doing a tiebreaker poll, we're just going to have Siri decide. We're going to have Siri flip a coin. Chat. Oh, shit. Is control... What is control? Control will be heads. Control will be heads. Okay. Knack will be tails. There we go. Hey, Siri. Heads or tails? It's heads. It's heads. <gasps> what did I say? That's control? <laughs> is that what it's I control. said? control. Okay. All right. I'm pretty sure now I'm having doubts. We'll go back and listen to this, but we think, we think. I'm pretty sure that's it's it. Because in my, yes, because in my head I was like, oh yeah, Tails, because that was the worst character to play as in Sonic the Hedgehog, which, you know, was not true, because <laughs> Tails was better than Sonic because he could fly. I but played, was Tails was my default character. That's who I played at. I just like spinning around and flying. Did you have an, did you have a, an older sibling? Game Boy no, Advance. Even. I played on a Game Boy Advance. Oh, but you just got to choose. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. When you have an older sibling, you always play. So I was like, oh man, I love Luigi. I love Tails, just because that's what I had to love. So, Oh, Luigi is awesome. So great. I love Luigi. That's funny that like, you choose the Mario game, to like the loser, even though you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Luigi's not a loser. But so he's a total scaredy cat and afraid of everything. <laughs> so there's also that. <laughs> so all of you idiots out there who have been saying for years, one and one half years, should I buy Control? Should I play Control? Yes, you should. Now you have an excuse to. It's also on Game Pass, so you don't even have an excuse if you don't have a, like if you're like, I don't want to buy it. Yeah. Oh. You can go buy the updated version that will get uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X enhancements next month. And play it right now so you can compare your experience a month later. 
or you can play it already <laughs> on Game Pass. Um, it's a very, very good game. It was my game of the year 2019, and I'm excited to go back and revisit it and play the Alan Wake expansion. Uh, I haven't oh, yeah. Yet. Uh, cool, great. Cool, cool. Wonderful. That's what's Sorry, happening. Sorry, Darby. Sorry, it wasn't Knack. It wasn't Knack. It wasn't Knack, brother. Sorry. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash fire if you want to vote on future barfs as well as get really dope wallpapers. I also uh, put all of them together on one big thing on Twitter and saw, man, we've got a lot of really cool wallpapers out there. And we've got some really shitty ones, too. Um, and then we have that really <laughs> awesome Tom Nook one from uh, April Fool's Day. So <laughs> go there, get all your wallpapers, vote on our shit, play with us on Game Night. It's a Night. masterpiece. Game <laughs> Night... <laughs> it is a masterpiece. <laughs> Game Night is returning this week. Uh, we were off the last two weeks officially uh, for um, holiday reasons, but we are back this week. So we'll be playing something on Thursday, faux show. All right, everyone. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Here's our usual sign off. <laughs>